0: We speak Halachot practical and we try to explain also, Hashem, also the background of the Halachot, the sources of the Halachot and their applications today Berzat, in, in our days. We usually work off the ben Hay, the book the ben Hay, and we're in Parashat al-Dot, we're in the middle of Halachot Shabbat. We're in the middle of Halachot Shabbat and specifically the laws of... The laws in the Halachot Shabbat, the laws of... So, today, if you're a Gabbai or if your person who goes to Shul and you want to know all the halakhot that are pertaining to you in order to know what is the dinim for Kriyat Torah, make sure you listen. In fact, any person who goes to Shul today, any person who goes to Shul and gets aliyot, whatever it is, you would want to know this, this class is for you to know. And especially, like we said, if you're a Gabbai. Before we come to the class, let's just give you a little bit of the numbers. And what's going on here? We have the number to the studio where we have a person who's going to be answering the phones. You could uh, The numbers to the studio are 718-683-5858. If you have any question regarding the halachot of Kriyat Torah, you'll call in 718-683-5858. To text in your question, you can text it in at 347-927-8398. Again, three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight, and Baruch Hashem today for the first time we are on live on video. So if you're on jrootradio.com, and I don't know if it works off of the app, but if you're on jrootradio.com, you could watch us live on video. Baruch Hashem today is uh, we're trying something new, and you could also listen on the phone and the phone number is 718-506-9099 Today's class is sponsored for the pidyon of the boys that have been captured from in Israel last week and they are Yaakov Naftali ben Rahel Devorah, Gilad Mikael ben Badgalim and Ayal ben Iris Teshura Hashem should return them safely and he should return them and should give Yeshub HaDat and Mnuchat nefesh to the families and to all Klalisa who is praying for them and shall, we hope that Hashem, our learning today should be in their zechut that they should come back home safely, soon, B'zat Hashem Let's begin Halakha, we're up to Halakha Yud-Gimel Halakha Yud-Gimel in Parashat Toldot Shana Shania Nebdei Ishai. The Halakha speaks about receiving the Ruach A little bit of a quick background if you remember from a while ago, we learned that on Shabbat, you get an extra soul. The Gemara says, Vayin And Vay nefesh, when Mutsayi Shabbat comes, the soul leaves us. Which means that on Shabbat, we get an extra nishama, an extra soul. This is known as the neshama yetara. And everybody knows about this. The food tastes better on Shabbat. The singing is much better on Shabbat. There's a different atmosphere that you feel it on Shabbat. It's impossible to... Uh, to to deny it. You know that there's such a feeling on Shabbat. And Hazar tells us that's the extra soul. The Mekubalim explain that this soul is actually comprised of five different parts. Mainly the three that we're, a lot of people are familiar with are the Ruach, Nefesh, Nefesh, in that order, excuse me. Nefesh, Ruach and Neshama. The, th- the soul is divided into these parts, besides that you have Hayah and Yahidah. But these three main parts, a person receives them on Friday night when Shabbat enters at different points of tefillah. Mikubalim point out that you have another part of the neshama yetera that you receive on Shabbat day. And that also comes in certain parts of the tefillah. The nefesh, ruach, and neshama also come to the person during the tefillah of Shabbat morning. And when do they come? The nefesh comes when you say neshmat kol hay. And you're really supposed to be mechaven that you're receiving the nefesh in the tefillah of neshmat. And now we're up to Halakha Yudgimo, where the Ben Yishai discusses the Ruach. The Ruach also comes to a person in Shahrit, but where? He says the Ben Yishai, When you stand up to the Amidah of Shahrit, right after you say the first Pasuk, before you actually begin Amidah, or you want to call that the Begin Amidah, depends how you call it. Right then, before saying Baruch Ata Hashem, Yechaven lekabel tosefet Ruach shel Behinat Hayom. You should have kavanah that you want to receive the extra ruach that comes in the daytime. You should have this kavanah before you begin. Okay, this is when you receive the ruach. And the neshama comes in Musaf, as we'll discuss later on. That is very simple, the ruach, which is part of the extra soul that we get on Shabbat comes to us right after the words Amonai Sefatai Tiftah We move on to Halakha Yod Dalit. Yod Dalit will just summarize it very quickly that basically you just follow what it says in your Siddur, Sfaradi Ashkenazi and different customs about the Ben Ish says over here that Zecher Lemaase Bereshit should only be said by Musaf or Harbit. In either case you just follow what it says in the Siddur, whatever custom you have, that's where you'll follow. And now we'll move on to the subjects, to the main class, to the main subjects in, of today's class, which is the laws of Kriyat Torah. The Ben Yishai from Halakha Tedvav until Halakha Khaf in discusses the laws of Kriyat HaTorah. And there's a lot, there's a lot over here in the Ben High And not only in the Ben high there's a lot that we have listed also as well. And we'll begin, Behzat Hashem, one step at a time. Like we said, this is a very, very important class if you're a regular shul, shul goer. And if you listen to the Halakha, we're usually a person who goes to shul. And although I know a lot of ladies are listening, but I know a lot of men are listening at night. So therefore, this will be of very, very interesting and very important to them. And like we stressed beforehand, gabba'im. people who give out daliyot, I believe should be listening to this halacha at this class. And if you know a person who is a gabba'i in the shul, they should listen to these halachot. But really everybody in the shul has to know the following halachot. Let's begin with the petihat ha'ichal. The first step to taking out the Torah on Shabbat is petihat haykhal. We open up the haykhal. So he says Benish Hai, There are pesukim that are mentioned over there when we open up. It's not just customary. It says there's exactly eight verses, eight pesukim over there. Why? Corresponding to the amount of people that we bring up, that we invite to the Torah on Shabbat, and that is the seven olim, the seven people who read the seven aliyot, and then afterwards we have the aliyah of maftir. So that's eight people who go up to the Torah, and that's why we read eight pesukim. And on Yom Tob, we don't read the first two pesukim, we don't read we begin from the pesuk, which makes up Five pesukim, and excuse me, which makes up six pesukim, which corresponds to the five aliyot on Yom Tov. Minimum amount of Olim, the minimum amount of people who go up to the sefetra on Yom Tov is five. Plus, you have also an additional orlay called the maftir And during the weekday before pitihate Echal, we have we should say three pesukim. Why three pesukim? You guessed it because we on during the weekday, on Monday and Thursday, we have a minimum of three orlim. Not minimum, but really over there, it's a maximum. On Shabbat on and Yom Tov, you're allowed to add. But on your, on the weekday, you're not allowed to add, but you're supposed to have a minimum of three, and that's what we say, three Pesukim. Beneshach concludes with the following. I don't know if everybody follows this minhag, but he says, If you read more Pesukim than that, before opening up the Hekhal, and or if you read less than that, Whatever day it is, on Shabbat, if you read more than 8 or less than 8, on during the weekday, if you read more than 3 or less than 3, says the Bani Shai, mohu. you have nothing to rely on. The reason why those Pesukim are mentioned over there and they're placed over there, because this is the place, this is corresponding to the aliyot, and therefore you have to read it that in such a way. Next halakha, the Shai, not next halakha, but the next subject in this halakha, the Bani Shai talks about Berich Shemeh. He says of Eve, it's a Adam Loma Birik Shemeh, the Mare Alma B'Ait Hosat Sefer Torah, Men Ha'echal. Beim Be Shabbat, Beim To, Yom Kippurim. Whenever we open up the Hechal, the Men Ha'echal is that we keep the Hechal open, the Sefer Torah is still inside, and the whole Kahal says Birik Shemeh. This is done on Shabbat, this is done on the holidays, and this is also done on Yom Kippur. The Men Ha'echal of the Ashkenazim, we open, they open up the Hechal, the. Some of them will actually carry, will hold with the person, whoever the person is carrying the Sefer Torah, it could be the Hazan, whoever it is, will hold the Hekhala, will hold Sefer Torah in his arms, and everybody will say Berik Shemeh, and others will actually keep it inside and then say Berik Shemeh while it's still inside. In either case, we say Berik Shemeh. Where does it come from? It comes from the Zohar. I want to read you the importance of re- saying Berik Shemeh, And really, to get an understanding, to get a feeling exactly of the whole reading of the Torah, the simple reason why we read the Torah on Shabbat and on Mondays and Thursdays, because the Gemara Gemara says that you cannot go three days without learning Torah. You cannot go three days without hearing the Torah. So they made it as an obligation. Since everybody goes to shul, we hope. So what we did is that we placed Reading of the Torah within three days. That you should not have three full days without listening to Torah. Let's go. Like this. Shabbat, we read the Torah. Then you have Sunday, there's no Torah. And then Monday, you read the Torah again. So you didn't go three days without it. Then you have Tuesday and Wednesday where you don't hear the Torah. And on Thursday, the third day, you hear the Torah again. Then you have Friday without Torah. And then again, we go back to Shabbat and the cycle repeats itself again and again. You never go three days without hearing the Torah. Very important to hear the Torah. Now, why should I hear the Torah? What's so important about hearing the Torah? The simple reason is because I'm learning. I have to learn the words of God. This is what Hashem wrote in His Bible, in His Torah. They commanded us to live by this Torah and therefore I have to learn. That's a simple reason. I want to read you the Zohar. Where the whole, by the way, this brich Sheme that we say when we open up the Hechal, it's Aramaic, it comes directly from the Zohar and I'll show you now, listen to what it says here in the Zohar. The Zohar says as follows. I'm going to read the Zohar. I know, you know, we said we don't do Kabbalah. This is not Kabbalah. This is words of Musar Mor. But like we, we know, the Zohar tells us the reality, the world, the way it is. Kad salik sefer The Zohar says when the Sefer Torah goes over there. ba'an kol The whole nation... Which means refers to the Hokahal, has to prepare themselves down here. How do they prepare themselves to create a Torah? With fear, with trembling, beretet, bezia. The ziyah are different words in English. We don't have, I guess, so many words, so many synonyms, but in fear and trembling. And they have to pay attention, and they have to think, they have to have kavanah, as if we're standing right now on the mountain of Sinai, receiving the Torah, and they have to pay attention, and listen very carefully, and nobody has the permission to speak, even in words of Torah, other words, everybody has to stand there with fear and trembling, and as if they have no mouth. As it says in the Pasuk, as they opened it up, referring to the Sefer Torah, everybody stood, which means they stood silently, and they listened to the Sefer Torah. You hear what the Zohar is telling you over here? That when you take out the Sefer Torah from the Hechal, when the, he- the Sefer Torah has been taken out from the Hechal, it's as if you're standing by Har Sinai. It's nothing less. Now, unfortunately, we look, you know, this is what it says in the Zohar, but we look around and sometimes, I'm not going to say all the time, I'm not going to say every time, but sometimes you see people talking you know, and then you have the tzaddikim. We're talking very to Torah, but Zohar says even before Torah, you're to speak at that time. It's like he's standing by Har Sinai. Can you imagine? You know, I my son was saying the other day, you know, on Shabbat, he's like, you know, Abba, I wish that I was there by Har Sinai. So of course the answer is our souls were there. And he said, no, 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 I want to experience it right now. And the truth is that we experience Har Sinai every single Monday, Thursday, in Shabbat, and holiday. Anytime we go to the show on the Sefer Torah, we are experiencing. The, the the giving of the Torah when that Baal Koreh is reading from the Sefer Torah it's like God is speaking and okay can you imagine sending Bahar you're preparing yourself that Shem is about to speak and you're talking to your friend you're texting someone you're saying something oh watch this video you got to check out this picture How could you speak there? How could you open your mouth? How could you do anything but pay attention? To what Hakadosh Baruch Hu is giving us it says Azar, right, that's how you have to feel. And if we don't feel it that way, if we don't take it that seriously, this is why we don't have the effects, the blessings that the Torah brings with it. We know that B'nai Said, when they stood behind Siddai, they were all healed, all their everything that they were missing, Hashem completed. The Torah completes a person, as Hazab pointed out time and time again. And if we honor it and we we Treat the Torah the way as if the way it is when Hashem gave it to us, then we'll get all the blessings as well. I want to just point out one more paragraph from the Zohar. When they take out the sevet Torah in the Tzibur, in the in the shul to read in it, listen to what the Zohar says. They open up the gates of heaven of mercy. And they arouse the love up in Shamayim. And therefore, a person is required when they open up the doors of the Pehichal to say, He should say, Blessed is the name of, of the Holy One. Blessed is His crown and His place. This is exactly what Berik is about. Why do we say B'lok Shibay at that time? It's such a special moment. We open up, when you know when the Hechal is open up, the doors of the Hechal are opening up, it's like you're opening up the gates of heaven. And that's why if a person, we say in Mishibirach, the Sfaradim say for people who are sick, right when they open up the Hechal, it's such a special moment. But Rabotai, it's as special as you make it. You treat it special, you're quiet, you're you you, you you're as if you're standing by Sinai that's how the effect will be as well. You will have the same effects as Harsinai, where your prayers will be answered. If you don't treat it as anything special, it's just a ceremonial thing that we do every time. Oh, come on, we have Piti every single week. It's the same thing. I don't see any flashing lights. I don't see any thunder. I don't hear any thunder. I don't see any lightning. I don't hear the voice of the shofar. If you treat it that way, you're right. Then you will feel as nothing. You decide how Piti will be. You decide how much Rahameen will be. Will will be given. It depends on the person himself. That's the Zohar for this halakha. Let's continue in the Benish Hai. The Benish Hai says that Berich Shemeh, although we said he should say it on Shabbat, on the holidays, and on Yom Kippur, on Rosh Shodai says that B'nish Hai, he says, excuse me, during the weekday you should not say it. So let's start with the weekday. During the weekday you should not say it. Why not? Because it says in there, Berich Ketrach, blessed is your crown. Now we know that God has no physical body, so the crown is really a Kabbalistic idea. But and, and that's mentioned when we say Keteri Tenul Lecha when we say which we say by Musaf. So the Ben Yehuda says if you say it on Rosh Hodesh, also you have. It makes sense to say on Rosh Hodesh, although the Minhag by us is that we don't say it on Rosh Hodesh. But during the weekday, there's not really no reason to say Berich Shemim. The Ashkenazim don't have such a menhag. I believe, even during the weekday, they say, I'm not 100% sure. It's been a while, but uh, since I prayed with the Ashkenazim, but I believe they also say it during the weekday. In any case, this is Api Zohar. It's a very good thing. If a person doesn't say it's not an Isur, but like should obviously say it, a special moment. Let's move on, now to the next halakhah, Zain. Now, Zain the Bainish High goes through the whole steps of taking out the Torah. I don't want to go through every single word in the Bainish High over here because it's long and I could just summarize it. Basically, it's as follows The Sefer Torah is taken out. Now, I'm going to go first with the Minhag of the Sfaradim, the way it's taken out, the way it should be done according to the Arizal, and really also the Minhag of the Arizal. And that is, we take out the Sefer Torah and the Bainish High says that you first open it up that everybody should see the words of the Sefer Torah. Apikabala, it's very special at that moment when you take out the Sefer Torah to open it up because a special light, you don't see that light, obviously, it's a spiritual light. There's a special light that emanates from the Sefer Torah when you take it out and it affects your soul in a positive way when you see the words, the letters of the Sefer Torah. So that's why we have it easier. We have it in the case where you could just open it very easily. You take it out and then you give it to the person to carry it. And Lechathila also Api Kabbalah, a person who's carrying the Sefer Torah should carry it open. That everybody should be able to see the words of the Sefer Torah inside. That's the way the Katara person should take it. Now Riza, when this used to happen in the Shul, when they used to take out the Sefer Torah, he would run after the Sefer Torah and kiss the Sefer Torah. And that's what should be done as well by us and even the Ashkenazim over here. Although the Ashkenazim don't open the Sefer Torah, they carry it closed. Everybody runs after the Sefer Torah to try to kiss it. One point that the Postkim bring is that a person should not bend down the Sefer Torah for somebody to kiss it. Let them jump up to it. I'll tell you a beautiful story. There's a story about a... In, in Muncie, there's a yeshiva, the yeshiva of Spring Valley. And over there, when they opened up the yeshiva, they had a question. I forgot which door they went to, but basically, the door... The, the yeshiva was for, for young students, elementary school. It was for little kids. And the doors were very, very tall, or the doorpost, that is. And you're supposed to put the mezuzah by the third... By the third Part, the upper third part of the doorpost so they had a question you know the children can't reach the mezuzah it's very very high for them even the, the tallest of the kids they have to jump and they still can't reach it so what should we do is it okay for the, of the iladim, for the training of the children that we lower the mezuzah so this way they're able to touch the mezuzah and kiss it so the Gadol answered a very very good answer a genius of an answer he said you want to be the children you want to educate the children this is how you educate them keep the mezuzah in its place and let them learn that they have to jump up to the mezuzah. The mezuzah does not come down to them. It's a very important lesson. Right? We don't lower the standards of our Torah, but we jump up, we rise to the standards of the Torah. It's a beautiful story. And same thing over here, out of kavod of the Torah, we don't take the Torah out of its way to somebody to kiss it. We go straight, we carry it to where it has to be carried. And a person who feels the love that he wants to kiss the Torah should run after the Sefer Torah. There's different Minhagim in how they show the letters of the Sefer Torah. Some and this is what's called by by Ashkenazim hagba some do hagba before reading some do after the reading allah apikabala it sounds like it should be done according to the Banish Hai before the reading when the sefer torah is shown to everybody and like we said, a per- every person should try to make an effort to get as close as possible to be able to make out the letters and the words of the Sefer Torah. That's the Chathila. If you're able to see the words of the Sefer Torah, it's great. Uh, it's not always possible when you're praying in such a big shul. But a, a person should run and try as much as possible to see any words of the Sefer Torah. And l- the it's brought down in the Seferim. They should try to find a word... Where the first letter of that word is the same first letter of your first of your name. So let's say your name is Avraham. The first letter of your name is Aleph. So you should try to look for a word in the Torah which is which starts with the letter Aleph. And this is very easy because most parashiyot begin... So the word Aleph, the letter Aleph is very easy to find. I have an easy time like that with myself. So that's what should be done. A person should run and see what it says, obviously when you're writing, be careful not to knock anybody down, but to see the letters. Different places now have different minhagim. the menhag brings the menhag of Baghdad, which is the same menhag as the Yotze'ed HaMeseq, the Shami menhag, that when you take out the Sefer Torah, you open it up, after you brought it to the Tebah, and you already set it down, you pick it up again, and you turn it to four sides, and each side, the people point to the sevita and they say, El Shaddai Emet, Moshe Emet, And he explains, why is, that should be done. The Ashkenazim, the Shkenazim have an interesting minhag, and I always wondered where this comes from. In fact, in Shiva, yeshiva, we had a few students also that asked the minhag. The Shkenazim, when they do the hagbah, everybody points with their pinky. They don't point with the regular finger, index finger. They point with their pinky. And I always wonder, how, is it something that, why is it the pinky? If anything, the pinky is the smallest finger. It should be the weakest finger. So how come they're pointing with their pinky? And this I wonder for a long time. I did see that this source, that the source of this minhag is brought down from earlier, from, many, from much longer. I didn't write down over here how early, but I did see that it's brought down from an, an old sefarim, that the minhag of pointing to the sefarim with the pinky. And maybe you could give an explanation Maybe you could say as following. There is a Mizmor Yutet in Tehillim over there mentions of the praises of the Torah. On, and it says, Torah Tashem Temima, Yer'at Hashem Tehora. You'll see over there different Pesukim. And ben Yishai points somewhere else that these there's five statements over there corresponding to the five fingers. The first pasuk over there is Torah Tashem Temima. And the last one is Yer'at Hashem Tehora. In either case, whichever one you want to say that corresponds to the pinky, if you want to say that the first pasuk corresponds to the pinky or the last pasuk, either way, you could say that if it's the pasuk Torah Hashem Tehora, we're pointing with the pinky, we're showing that the Torah of Hashem is complete. If it's the pasuk which you're at Hashem Tehora, we're showing that in order for a person to be able to understand the Torah, you have to learn it with your with pure fear of God, and that's how you're able to understand it, right. In either case, maybe you could give that's a reason why specifically the pinky. Any other reason, I don't know. If you have a reason, please call the station. You can let, let us know why specifically the pinky. And, or you could text it to us. The numbers are 347-927-8398 or 718-683-5858. I would love to see or hear the reason of why we point with the pinky. Let's move on now to Halakha Yod Zayn. Says it in very simple. I'm also going to summarize this halakha The order of the best aliyot. This is you should know Apik Apikabbala, there is a list, there is an order of what the best aliyah for a person to receive. I know everybody has different things, a lot of people, a lot of people sometimes will will uh, say, will, will say this aliyah, not aliyah, and a lot of times you, you know some shoes will sell the aliyot. As a point, by the way, as a side point, there's nothing wrong with selling the aliyot on Shabbat, we'll talk about that in the halakhot of Sahar Shabbat, but there's nothing wrong with selling the aliyot, but a lot of times when they sell the aliyot, it's always very amusing how people will, you know, the, the Gabbai will always auction off an aliyah that he feels this is the best aliyah. Abi Kabbalah, It makes no difference what you're reading. It rather makes a difference what number you're going up. And here's the order. There's seven aliyah that we have on Shabbat besides the mafti. The mafti is the last one. And here is the list from one to seven of what's the best aliyah and why it corresponds. Just a little bit of a background so you can appreciate this a little bit more. Not everybody will appreciate but some will do. There's In Kabbalah, there's a concept of sefirot, ten sefirot. And we mentioned in the past that the seven olim that we have in the morning of Shabbat and the three olim they have in Minha of Shabbat correspond to the ten sefirot. And therefore, the seven aliyot that we have in the morning, the seven people that go up to the sefirah correspond to the first to the excuse me to the uh, from number four from sefirah number four until number ten, which is begins with Chesed and Geburah Tiferet Yesod Nesahod, Yesod, and then. Malchut. So let's go in the order of what is the best aliyah. The best aliyah to get on Shabbat. And if you're, they're selling it in your shul, it re- doesn't make a difference. Which, which aliyah? What, what it says in the words, the best aliyah to get is shishi. The sixth aliyah. Okay, Api that's the best aliyah. Corresponds to the Mida of Yesod. Yesod, anybody knows that corresponds to Yosef at Sadiq, it's very, very hashub, especially in our days. That's aliyah Chishi. The next best aliyah, the second best aliyah is shelishi, corresponds to the After shelishi, then you have aliyah Kohen. You don't have so much of an option if you're not a kohen. Sorry, but if you, there is a kohen, in the sh- if there is no kohen in the shul, then you could go up. So kohen, it will be the third best. After Kohen, then the Aliyah of Levi. After Levi, the fifth best Aliyah to get is Aliyat Rebi'i. The sixth best Aliyah to get is Aliyat Hamashi. And finally, the last, in the I guess the least best of all the Aliyot, is Aliyat Shebi'i, which corresponds to Malchut. That is the seven Aliyot on Shabbat. If a person could get them, in that best order, that's the best thing. And like we said, it makes no difference what you're reading. And also another point. A lot of times people add aliyot in the shul. Instead of seven aliyot, they'll give more than seven aliyot. So in that case, if you're adding aliyot in the shul, the first seven that go up are the main Olim. Anybody else afterwards is not from the main Olim. Once you got seven that went up to the Sefer Torah, anybody else really is not part of the main Olim. So you want to get that first aliyah. It's not, again, it's not what it says in the humash. Aliyat Rishon, It's what number you're going up. So if you're in Nishul, make sure that's what you want to jump for. You want to jump on Aliyat Shishi, then Shlishi. In the olden days, in the old Minhagim, till today, there's still some people, you know, people are Mahshib, Aliyat Shlishi, or Aliyat Shabei, the third Aliyah, or the seventh Aliyah. Why that was, I'm not sure exactly, but. Whatever it is, that was the order. Api Kabbalah, like we said, since it corresponds to the Sefirot, the best Aliyah is Shishi, and the least best Aliyah is Shebi'i. That is Halakha Zain. Move on now to Halakha Yudhet. In Halakha yudhit, the a person who's receiving the Aliyah, when a person is getting the Aliyah, he's going after the Sefirot, what should he do? And now we're going to read inside. When you get your aliyah, before you begin to read, make sure you see where you're going to read first, because you're making beracha, right? So if you're making beracha on the Torah, so you have to see what you're making beracha on. You don't make a beracha of shehakon and then you decide to open up the fridge and see what you want to drink. You, it's same thing, you're making beracha for the, the Torah, so you see what you're making beracha on. You have to see everything, all the aliyah that you have to read. Just the first pasuk that you're going to read, see it. Then afterwards, the writing in the Sefer Torah should be covered, whether talit or a cloth that's hanging up from the Sefer Torah, Ashkenazim have the uh, the velvet that's covering the Sefer Torah, they cover the kitab in such a way, and then make the blessings of the Torah. Now why is it that we cover the letters of the Sefer Torah when we make a beracha? the tell us that People shouldn't think that the Berakhot are written inside the Sefer Torah. Maybe they're like written on the top over there. So people shouldn't think such a way. So therefore we cover the the, the writing of the Sefer Torah and then we make a blessing. So everybody should know that we're not saying the blessings from the Sefer Torah itself, itself. Afterwards, after you made the blessings on the Torah, yasir HaMapa remove the Mapa, remove the cover, and then read in the Torah. Good. After you read the Aliyah, when you're done reading, now you're done with the Aliyah, cover the Sefer Torah again, whether you cover it again with the Talit or with the Velvet, or you cover it with a regular cover, either case. You cover it and then you say the after blessing on the Aliyah. Be careful when you make beracha according to the Benish Hai. It's not good enough to just hold the case. You don't have that case outside the Though Torah. It's, you have to try to hold on to the Amudim, to the actual cloth, to the actual role of the Sevit Torah. But be careful that you shouldn't touch it directly with your fingers, with your hand. Rather that you should have a, uh, a tallit or a cloth that's separating between your hands and the cloth of the Sefer Torah. And that's very important. And the way you should do it is put your right hand on the right amud, the right side of the Sefer Torah. You know, it's rolled up on the right roll of the Sefer Torah. And your left hand on the left one over there. And then after you made the blessing, let go of your left hand. This way you could read from it, and just ke- as long as the Hazan is co- reading for you, the Ba'a is reading for you the Sefer Torah, you could hold on, and s- not you could, you should hold on to the Sefer Torah with your right hand. Not the case, but the actual Sefer Torah itself. And like we mentioned, make sure that you don't touch it with your hand. Why not? The Gemara says, whoever holds the Sefer Torah Arum, Nikbar Arum. A person who holds on to the Sefer Torah with his bare hands, Arum means over here, his bare hands, without any interruption, without any hatitzah of a cloth, then he's buried also without, the simple meaning of the Gemara is he's naked, but the Gemara says, no, he's buried naked of that mitzvah. You lost the mitzvah. You're not supposed to hold on to the Sefer Torah with your regular hand. You have to always hold it with some sort of hatitzah, like a a cloth or a talit. That's very, very important. A lot of people don't pay attention to this. And unfortunately, a lot of Baalei kore, the, the Baal kore, he's sometimes reading and he has to flip the page. He'll use his hands and he'll flip the page. You're not supposed to hold on to the Sefer Torah. You're not supposed to touch it with your bare hands. You're supposed to use hatita of cloth. If you have to turn Sefer use a Sefer, use, use, a, use a, what's it called? A Talit. Now, there is an opinion I have to tell you. It's the son of Rabhaim Haim Vital, Rab Shmuel Vital, who says that if that's all talk about when you're reading the Torah. But if you're not reading the Torah, you just want to turn the page to the right place when you're not reading the Torah. That means not in the Sha'at Aliyah. Let's say you open up in the Torah in the hekhal, and you want to fix it to the right page. So according to Rabbi Vital, you could do so on the Banishad brings it over here. However, Akham argues and he says, he speaks very strongly that persons should not do it. Should not hold on to the Sefer Torah at all, because the Kamala spoke very harshly about it, all the postkin spoke very harshly about it, Rabbi Shuel Vital, who said this is a big Hiddush, that you could touch the Sefer Torah bare, with your bare hands, that is a very, very big Hiddush, and therefore, the says, you should not be somek on this, anytime you want to touch the Sefer Torah, even though you want to turn the page, you shouldn't do so, unless you cover your hand with a talit or some sort of cloth, that's very important, Rabbi Thay. Now, since we're on the subject of getting an aliyah, let's talk about some halachot a little bit when a person is getting an aliyah. First of all, we mentioned that you make a berakhah. Berakhah was instituted once upon a time. When you used to read the Torah, they used to have the first person make berakhah Rishonah. They would read for him his aliyah. After he finishes his aliyah, he goes and he sits down, and he would not make an after-blessing. Who makes the after-blessing? Only the last guy; he's the only one who makes berachah and every other Oleh that goes up doesn't even make berachah Rishonah or achrona. So there was only two blessings in the whole sefer. Then they made a takana that every single person who's going up for an aliyah he makes a beracha before reading and he makes a beracha after reading. And if you notice, if you ever got an aliyah in your life, you'll know that there are two separate berachot, two different berachot. And what happens, unfortunately, sometimes is that people make a mistake. Sometimes they'll say the second one first. And especially if you're invited to a shul, you're nervous, you know, you're a guest somewhere and you feel like the whole world is looking at you and they're going to judge you not to see if you are on or not, depending how you stand up and say the berakhot. And that makes you more nervous. And you end up saying the wrong berakhah. So what happens now? What would be the deen now if a person said by mistake, before reading the Torah, he said the after-blessing, he said the after blessing before reading the Torah. What be the deen. The deen is you could read the Torah for him, and then after you read the Torah for him, instead of repeating the same bracha that he already said, he'll say the bracha rishona, second because he missed it. You have to say these two blessings. should say the proper one before and the proper one afterwards. If you mixed it up, if you mixed up the first bracha, you said the second instead of the first bracha. So when you get up to the second bracha, you just say the first beracha. that's one mistake another mistake that happens is that a guy gets an aliyah the first beracha he says it correct the second beracha sometimes he messes up he repeats the same beracha and he already said Baruch HaTah Hashem and he already finished the beracha. in that case he does not have to repeat the beracha. he is Yotzeh yaabad, if he made such a beracha. that's one point we wanted to bring out another halakha we wanted to bring out is Ben Yishai brings down some people have a custom or some people don't have a custom but they think it's cool that after they get an Aliyah, they finish reading their Aliyah, before coming to say the bracha, they say, emet Toratenu kedosha Ashkenazim probably don't know what I'm talking about, but Tzfaradim do this, some Tzfaradim do this. So really, L'Khathila, Akham HaMaliyah speaks about this, and he says, really, you shouldn't do so. You should not say emet Toratenu Kedusha after the reading of the Torah, that shouldn't be have said because this Berakhah that you're reading, that, excuse me, this Berakhah that you're saying, after reading the Torah, it's going on what you just read in the Torah. And you're adding these words, it might be hefseq. So therefore, unless you have a minhag, for example, Turkish Jews have a menhag of the saying, unless you have a menhag, don't do it. Don't say, just go straight into the Berachot afterwards. That is another halacha. Third halacha, it's a little bit simple, but we have to point it out. And that is, if you are an ishkenazi and you are praying with Sfaradim and vice versa. If you're a Sfaradi, praying with Ashkenazim, there is no problem whatsoever of getting an Aliyah and saying the Berachot for their Sifre Torah. Even though there's a little bit of a difference with letters, and the text in the Sefer Torah between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim, there is absolutely no problem to get an Aliyah, Sfaradim by Ashkenazi, and Qadahom and Ashkenazi by Sfaradi to get an Aliyah, and to say the blessings as well. The only thing is, when you do say the Berachot, keep your Nusah. Keep the same accent that you keep that you say, that means if you're Sfaradi and you're getting an Aliyah by an Ashkenazi shul, don't say, Noisin HaToyra. Say, No Ten HaTorah. And vice versa, if you're Ashkenazi, you should say noisin haToi'ra. Keep your accent, keep it that way. And uh, because the beracha is according to your custom, and the aliyah, it doesn't make a difference which sefer Torah they're reading for you. That is halacha yudhit. Now, I know there's a phone call. Let me just check. The technician just stepped out. I'm so sorry. I asked that whoever is calling, please call a little bit later. You know what? Let me see this. Hold on. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hi. I'm calling. You were, um, uh, you know, you asked asking before saying about the, the Minhag of Ashkenazim to, to point by hadba with the pinky, right? Right. So I, I was thinking. I don't know if this has any significance, but the first thing that came to my mind was, didn't the Kohanim grow their nail long well with the pinky because there was something in the in the Avoda that was used with the pinky? I don't know if that has any connection or not, and I don't know enough about it to make any connection. But it's just a thought, and you can think about it. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Although over there it was for the, sir, the Kohen Gadol specifically for Melika or really not even the Kohen Gadol. Any Kohen. You're right. For the Melika, that's to cut the bird's neck. But that's interesting. I'll think about it. I'll see if we Again, can connect it. Again, if you can find the connection, to. I'd be very interested in hearing about it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, um, it. Okay, great. Thanks this a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's move on now to Halakha Yutet. Halakha Yutet. What is Halakha Yutet? Halakha yutet Ben Ishai says, "If a person is in the middle of reading Kriyat Shema and they call them up to go and read in the Sefer Torah, halakha is lo yale. You should not go up to read if you're in the middle of Birkhot Kriyat Shema. That means in the beginning, or we're talking about actually really just even regular Shema. You should not go up. Ela davka yodeba asmosh uchal gmar Kriyat Shema bederek luchah at shegi'a es haSefer Torah. You cannot interrupt the Shema." Unless you know, that by the time they, you walk up all the way to the Bima, to the center of the Shul, where they're going to read the Sefer Torah, you know they're going to finish the kriyat Shema, then you could get your Aliyah. But otherwise, if they come to you and in the middle, you could refuse the Aliyah. And even though you're going to ask me, the Gemara says, I believe, it says over there that any person who's offered to read in the Torah and he refuses it, then it, the Torah says they are mekatzer hayav. They shorten his life. Why? Because the Torah says about it ki hem hayenu yamenu. The Torah is what prolongs our life. So we're inviting you to go up to that sefer Torah, but you're refusing to go up to the sefer Torah. Basically, what you're saying is I don't want long life. So therefore, Hashem they're Mikatsir your life. It shows disrespect. They're inviting the Sefer Torah and you don't want to go up. So it's a little bit disrespectful. So the Torah, Gemara speaks harshly and it's brought down also. A person is not supposed to refuse the Aliyah to the Sefer Torah. However, that's only when a person has no justification. He doesn't want to go up for no reason at all because he doesn't want to read in the Torah. But if a person has any sort of reason, justified reason why he doesn't want to go up to the Sefer Torah. For example, like we said, Nalakha tells him, you're not allowed to interrupt. Right? If you're not allowed to interrupt, so how could you go up if you're not allowed to interrupt in your Kriyat in the middle of not allowed to interrupt, we're telling you not allowed to interrupt for reading the Torah, so then you can't go up. So by you refusing, you're not doing it because you don't want to honor the Sefer Torah, you're doing it only because you are in the middle and you cannot interrupt. So that's why it's fine to interrupt. Now we're on the subject, I'll give you another few Hetarim. It's brought down also in the post scheme. If a person refuse when a person can refuse Aliyah. If a person refuses the Aliyah because he has to go to the bathroom, then not only is it okay, it's an obligation. If a person has to go to the bathroom, even if it's not gidon even Ketanim, he has, it's an isur to say beracha. You're not allowed to get up and say beracha when you have to go to the bathroom. So therefore, if somebody comes to you, you know, let's say by... um by the by, the Sfaradim, they come to the person, they invite him. They say Chabod, I don't know whatever the Aliyah is, and you have a justified. You say you have to go now. You have to tell me you have to go to the bathroom, but you could, but if you could, you could refuse the Aliyah because you have to go to the bathroom. Another case I saw that's brought down: if a person is embarrassed to go up, why is he embarrassed? Let's say the custom of the places that they say Mishibirach after the Aliyah, and everybody donates money, and as someone told me, he was once invited to a place, and everybody who was getting Aliyah was donating in the thousands of dollars. He said, I can't afford that. So when they invited him, yeah, he was he felt a little pressure, but you know he can't pay. So if you feel that you cannot, you know, you can donate. You can feel embarrassed if you're going to give high and give eighteen dollars for you. It's a lot, but everybody else is donating eighteen hundred dollars, and you can get embarrassed. So that's also a justified reason of not getting an aliyah. So in that case, we don't apply what the Gemara says that the mekatsirin hayav. The Bani Tzai says, this is only true in the Kriyat Shema. However, if a person is in Birchot Kriyat Shema, which is the blessings that we say before and after Kriyat Shema, in that case, if you get an Aliyah, you're allowed to go up. If they invited you, like you're in, by Ashkenazim, they invite you, you know, they called out your name. They said, Ya Amod Yitzhak bin Abraham, Shlishi. So in such a case, they invite you and you're in the Birkhot Kriyat Shema, if you could finish that blessing for sure, you could go up and say the Birkhot HaTorah, and also, if you're in Pesuket even if a person in Pesuket de a person could go up. The only thing is, when you're getting the Aliyah and you're in the middle of Tefillah, not Kriyat obviously, but other parts of the Tefillah, you could say the Berachot, obviously. You also have to read together with the Baal Koreh. The only thing is, you should not get a Misha Berach afterwards. If they say Misha Berach, refuse it, you're not allowed to talk. If they ask you, what's your name? Don't say anything. Just walk off and finish the Aliyah. Okay, next, Halakha Khaf. Halakha Khaf, Rabbotai. we're going to spend some time on Halakha Khaf. It's a lot of important different things in Halakha Khaf. We'll begin with what Ben Yishai says, and then we'll continue from there. Halakha Khaf talks about how we, us as a tzibur, and how the person himself who is getting aliyah has to conduct himself. If you're the one getting aliyah, you should not lean on top of the amud, on top of the bima, on top of the podium over there where they place the Sefer Torah, but it doesn't make a difference. You're not allowed to lean. It's not respectful that you're reading the Torah by leaning. This applies not only to the person receiving aliyah, mm-hmm. it also applies to the Baal Koreh as well. V'khen, ha-hazana koreh yizzahir as the Benishai, which says what we just said. In our days, we have a Baal We have somebody who is reading the Sefer Torah for us. Once upon a time, we should know it wasn't that way. Once upon a time, if you got an Aliyah, you read your Aliyah. Somebody told me that the Minhag by the Temanim is the same thing. Yemenite Jews still today do the same thing that as it was once upon a time. Every person who gets an Aliyah, he reads his own Aliyah. So, in our days, we don't have that. Why? Not to embarrass the person who doesn't know. We have a a person that is hired and is paid for, and he comes and he reads in the shul. Even though the person is reading for you, this is a very important halakha, and the halakha says, You have to read together with the hazan. That's a very important halakha rabotai. When you're getting the aliyah, you must read together the words. Let's say, you know, this week's parashah, today's parashah, today I mean to say this week, so you have to read together when you're reading, in the, when you're getting aliyah in the you say the berakhah, and you get you your aliyah, you're supposed to read together. As a Ba'a is reading, you're supposed to read very silently, that he shouldn't hear you, and you don't even have to hear yourself, but you have to read the words, because how else could you make a berakhah? Now, what about a person who cannot read? He doesn't know how to read, he's an Amar Aritz, or let's not call him let's say he is a Baal Teshuvah and he's getting now the Aliyah he doesn't know how to read what would be what's a din and the same thing would be what about a blind person there's a halakha a side point there's a halakha that you're not allowed to read anything from the Sefer Torah Baal Peh anything from the Torah you're not allowed to read Baal Peh you can only read it if you if you see the pasuk unless you know yourself that you know it very 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 well without looking inside. Like for example, Shema. Everybody knows Shema by heart. If you know Shema by heart, even though it's not written in front of you, you're allowed to say these words without looking inside. So what about here a person who's blind or he doesn't know how to read Hebrew? Can you give him an Aliyah or not? So according to the Rama, we'll start with the Ashkenazim. According to the Rama, the Ramah says yes. Why? Because since we have today the Baal Korea reading, so therefore we apply the rule Shomeya Ke'one. What does Shomeya Ke'one means? Since you hear it, so it's considered like you're the one saying it. Just like I could say a blessing on behalf of somebody else, so to the person who's reading, by me listening to him, it's like he's saying it on my behalf. That's according to the opinion of Ramah. However, in three different places in the Chotz Torah: in Siman Kuf Lamed Hey Dalet, in Kuf Lamet Tet Bet and Gimel, in Kuf Mem Gimel, in all these places, Maran says like this, if a person doesn't know how to read, he should not get an aliyah. Because since he doesn't know how to read, he how is he making berakha? You're making blessing. You've given us the Torah, and then you're not reading anything. How could you make such a blessing? Maran went with the Rishonim that say, it's Asur, I believe it's Abu Drahman, It's it's Asur to make a berakha, if you're not reading from the Torah. Now, you don't have to read it out loud, but you have to read it silently with him. However, the Maran does say, even though you don't know how to read inside, but if you're able to repeat, if you're able to repeat what the Baal says, and you're able to just hear him and repeat with him the words, for example, let's say the Hazan says, Adonai, and you're able to read with him, along with him, you could, you don't know exactly how to make it out yourself, but you can read with him, that's all, that's all, that's Bedi Abad, we can let that go. But if you don't know how to even do that, if a person doesn't even know how to do that, he doesn't know any Hebrew, he doesn't know anything, he just knows how to say the blessings, according to Shulchan Aruch, the Sfaradim, it's a sur to give him, you should not give him an Aliyah, give him some other kibud. In fact, I'll tell you even more. You know what Maran Shulchan Aruch says? He says like this, he says, let's say you have a Minyan, where nobody knows how to read from the Sefer Torah. Nobody knows how to read except for one person. You have a whole and you have 25 people. None of them know how to read except for one person. I'm not talking about the Bal by the way. Talk about that even just to read the simple words inside. He says, you know what, what you do? Then that one person, he's the one who gets all the aliyot. One person reads the Beracha." He, he says the he reads uh, Aliyat Rishon, he says and then he goes up again. He says the he reads Aliyat Shani, and he's You cannot give it to a person They cannot read. They cannot read. That's the opinion of Shohan Aruch. And Lechatella, a person, of course, if you're Gabai, it's very hard, I, I agree with you, it's very, very difficult, especially if you're dealing with Melianim, you want to encourage them, very, very difficult, but that's my line, Shohan Aruch. The Oletzion has a way out for us. The Oletzion says something interesting, the Acham Ben Tzion Rabbi he brings down, he says that if you, a community already has a minhag of giving aliyot, so are arets, the people who don't know how to read, or sometimes when they're forced to give because otherwise it will create a very uncomfortable situation, there is what to rely on. First of all, you have the Ramah matir. Also, you have, there's a Zohar. The Zohar that Maram brings in Bet Yosef, can't go into it right now, but there's a Zohar that, you can, that the simple explanation of the Zohar can be interpreted that a person could get, get an aliyah without even reading. There's a way to interpret the Zohar in such a way. So, you have a hetir when it's very, very necessary. But really, if it's not necessary, you should try to avoid giving aliyah to a person who cannot read from the Torah. That's according to the Sfaradim. Ashkenazim or mekil, like the Ramah says, shomeya ke'one. Another halakha now. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit, turn the uh, spotlight From the Ya'oleh, we return to the Kahal. Very important halakha. We all know this halakha. We all feel guilty when we hear this halakha, but we have to mention this halakha. We have to go and elaborate on this halakha because it's a very important halakha. Shoharuch says like this. Ben-Ishah doesn't bring it over here, but we have to bring it. He says, Once the Ba'a Koreh begins to read from the Sefer Torah, no one has permission to speak even words of Torah. Not only when during the time of reading, even between Aliyot. The guy is, is, is in between Aliyot, you're not allowed to speak. You're, they're switching. Kohen is sitting down and Levi is coming up. You're not allowed to speak over there. Even words of Torah. Even if you already know the parasha. However, some are mature to learn if you're learning silently. These are the words of Shohan Aruch. One thing for sure that everybody agrees on, you're not allowed to speak during the Torah, when the Torah is being read. And you're not allowed to speak even in between Aliyot, that's for sure. The poskim point out that make sure that you don't allow people to collect sedekah. let's say it's Monday and Thursday. People should not collect sedekah at that time, if there are people coming into the shul, you have to tell them, somebody has to be in charge and tell them, this is not the time to collect sedekah in between Aliyot. Come, when we finish the Sefer Torah, you can come and collect and I have to read this inside. I know it's harsh words, but we have to read these words. The Mishabra wrote this, obviously, because it's for our own benefit. I'm going to read you the words of Bi'ur halakha on this halakha. He says, This whole halakha is a direct reproof to these people, who don't care about their souls, and they speak Nonsense during the Kriyat Torah. They speak idle talk during the Torah. If the Sefer Torah is closed, even if the Sefer Torah is closed and between Aulim, like you just mentioned, it's a suit for a person to speak with somebody else. So then, isur Patua. How much? How much bigger is a sin when a person is talking to his friend when the sefer Torah is open? It's such an embarrassment to the Torah that. Instead of listening to the words of God, like we mentioned the Zohar beforehand, when the Zohar says that it's like Hashem is speaking, With the Baal is reading the it's like Hashem is speaking. And what are you doing? You're not listening to what Hashem wants to say, but you want to listen to what your friend has to say because he has a very good joke or he has a great story, or even worse, he's telling you what happened in the latest sports game, who's winning the World Cup. And it's such a great, it's an unbearable sin. There's a that we're going to learn soon. To walk out of the room in the Sefer Torah is being read. Kediam riyam b'gimah. Ko shakim b'zeh she'a omel b'betek neset v'yonon atseh l'hatot ozno l'Torah. Kavachom when you're inside the shul and you don't want to listen to what it says in the Torah. W'bad zay matzu kam a pe'amim halul ha-shem alaydeh zay barabbim. Besides that, many times when a person is speaking in the shul don't create Torah, it creates such a halul Hashem in front of everybody. You're committing in Avira to the eyes of everybody. If you're sitting in the front of the shul, that everybody could see you. There's also a hashash in this of being a writer of which Hazal speaks speak very harshly, a person who commits a halul Hashem. By the way, a halul Hashem is not only in front of the goyim. halul Hashem is, a, even if you commit the avirah in front of people who see you committing the avirah, you take down from the power of the mitzvah, you take down from the uh, the fear that people have of committing this avirah, and you're doing it in front of everybody, especially if you're a person who has some sort of status in the shul, you're the gabai, or you're the person who sets up, let's say, for the shi'ore Torah, or if you're the rabbi, Hashem, Hashem, kama pe'amim shel lo la'shotara. And also, of course, many times, when a person is speaking says, you're speaking words of Lashon Hara sometimes. And what makes it juicy that everybody wants to listen to you instead of the Sefer Torah? Because you're speaking Lashon Hara. Besides the fact that talking in Shul is a big Yesur, Lashon Hara, wow, it's such a great sin. Therefore, kama see how many sins a person is committing by talking in Shul, talking during Kriyat Torah. Uh, and he says, the Your the, tefillah is disgusting in front of Hashem. Hashem doesn't want to hear it. Like it says in the Pasuk, Person who removes his ear from listening to Torah, Even his tefillah becomes a So we wonder how come Hashem is not listening to our prayer. We got to check ourselves. Are we listening to Him or should He listen to us if we don't listen to Him? How many times do we tell our kids, I'm not listening to you. You don't listen to me, I'm not listening to you. You know, Hashem does the same thing to us. If we don't listen to His Torah, so Hashem says, why should I listen to your Teflah, what you ask of me? And therefore, the Mishtabira concludes, the Ur HaLakha concludes, He says, As it says in the Pasuk, He says, Fortunate is a person who gives honor to Torah. You know how I give honor to the Torah? Don't run to the Torah when they take it out, kiss it and dance with it on some hot Torah. And then when they take out the Sefer Torah, you don't listen to that. That's not called kavod. Kavoda Torah means listening to the words of God. That's all. That's all we're asking of you. Torah is taken out. You don't talk now. Your friend tells you something, you shake your hand, you tell them not now, you take your finger, you point later, whatever it is, all the hand gestures, you want to write it on a piece of paper, whatever you want to do, just don't look like a weirdo. But the idea is, this is not the time to talk. And if you don't talk, you look like a weirdo, that's fine, it's it's mutar. Now it's a mitzvah, you get B'zayon in this world, you won't get it in the world to come. Talking Rabotai during Sefer Torah is a very severe sin. sin. Not only to men, even women who come to the shul, when the Sefer Torah is being taken out, they have to be careful also not to speak. They have what to say, so then in between aliyot, go out of the shul and say what you have to say. Now, if we mentioned mentioning that in Allah talk there's a big question. You ever go pray by Svaradim? a person who gets an aliyah, I once had an Ashkenazi friend from Yeshiva, he came over and he, you know, they saw a new guy in shul and they gave him an aliyah. And on the way down, Every single person is telling him, Hazaku Baruch, and they're shaking his hand. Hazak Baruch, Hazaku Baruch, by the time he came back to the city, he turned to me He says, I feel like the president over here. Every single person is shaking my hand. Yeah, that's how it is by us, right? Everybody who gets an aliyah, you get a Hazak Baruch, and you get a handshake. So how could you say Hazaku Baruch? And the answer is, yes, it's also brought down. Kaf Hayim brings it down. Where's the base from? Where's the base... It's it's on, from the words of Shohan Aruch. Shohan Aruch says the following. Ha The person who's reading the Torah, like we mentioned beforehand, has to hold on to the Sefer Torah, of course, with a cloth. And the Ramad says, Why is it so? This Sefer Torah should not be removed from your hand. So that's why, it says the Ramah, when a person concludes the Torah, they tell him, Hazak. and if you know by Ashkenazim, when they finish the uh, Sefer, let's say they finish Sefer by ukra, they'll finish Sefer by midba, they say, Hazak they'll hazak. say, So by us, says the Kafahim, when a person finishes the, the simple meaning of the words of here, anytime you finish an Aliyah, you should get a Hazak. You should get a blessing of being strong. And that's where Omen Hag comes from. It's not from the Kafahim, by the way. It's brought down. It's Omen Hag, The Kanhag, who was one of the earliest Aharonim, as well as the Abu Draham. They, all, they also mention this menhag. Now a person gets an aliyah, we tell them, u baruch. Why isn't that called an interruption? Why isn't that called speaking in shul? And the answer is, like we said, Maran says, it's based on the pasuk, We'll pause over here. We're going to really stop over here. We're still in the middle of the chot, Next week we continue. There are much more halachot that we need to know as well. Who could you give an aliyah to? Shomay Shabbat, Mehalay Shabbat, people who disturb uh, disturbing the shul, all different kinds of halakhod that we need to know about getting an aliyah on Shabbat or giving aliyah on Shabbat and how to treat children, whatever it is, kohanim, Leviim, all these Barzat Hashem and the continuation of Parashat Trollot Barzat Hashem will be next week and if you have any, num- any questions, now we finish the show, you could call into the station I'll be here to answer any questions off the air, the number is 718-683-5858 if you want to text in any comments or questions to 347-927-8398. This class will be repeated on again tonight on JRootRadio.com from 11 to 12. Until next week, you should have a wonderful Shabbat and a wonderful week. Thank you for listening and thank you, Iran, for, and JRoot for hosting this show.